Welcome to the Millennial Clergy Connection podcast. We are your hosts, Richard and Corey Chesser. And we look forward to getting to know each of you as we dive into faith, family, and vocation in the coming weeks. So, you know, what what was the connection, I guess we'll call it, we're going to call it the connection. What connected us together in uh, um, connecting to do a podcast or in, in this vlog? So, you know, Corey and I have known each other uh, for I don't know how many years now, 2013, right around that time period, uh, we were serving together in uh, the St. Louis area, two different churches, and uh, we've been friends ever since. But, you know, about three years ago, uh, we decided to launch this Clergy Connection Facebook group uh, with the purpose of getting millennials that are serving in ministry uh, to have a connection online, an online community. Uh, because there was nothing like it out there uh, after searching for hours and hours online. And so uh, we now have about 413 people uh, who are on that that Facebook group uh, sharing life together in ministry. Uh, ministry is difficult. Uh, we've all had our times uh, of, of trouble within ministry. And so the hope is uh, to provide a place that is community, that provides hope for each of us uh, and resources uh, why not learn from each other? And so the thing I really like about it is we come from a variety of denominations and backgrounds, uh, ideologies, but we're not there to debate each other. Uh, and so in this vlog or our podcast that we're going to be doing, uh, we're going to be interviewing other millennial pastors and clergy uh, around the country, uh, trying to see uh, how God is using them and equipping them. Uh, and likewise, uh, trying to provide some resources. And then eventually we're going to be launching a, a Facebook page uh, where anybody that feels like they uh, want to support millennial pastors and clergy members uh, who might be older than we are uh, can engage in community with us. Uh, and so that's our hope. Uh, what about you, Corey? What do you think? Also, I think it's bringing in some of our uh, professors, uh, uh, theologians, those that are um, of all different cultures, all different backgrounds, not just millennials um, into it in the mix too. So that not only that, we're, we're, we're creating a culture where we're trying to reach the millennials and, and stay connected, but also having, you know, the uh, different uh, dynamics coming into one to where we can have that conversation in a very healthy manner, because I think we can get into debate too many times and debate ends up hurting in the long run versus coming to understand who we are and why we view the way we view and simply struggles in, in the family stuff, you know, struggles in, in, in what is, is our, our purpose and in, in, in direction. And, you know, in bringing some of those people that have gone through it, like currently right now, what we're going through in the world today with this COVID-19, this coronavirus, it's a pandemic that, you know, we're not the only ones as millennials that are going through this process. There's multiple other pastors and leaders that are in the different uh, generational gaps and generational names that have never seen this happen. And it's pretty much everybody that's there. So I think we all come to the table with an idea, with a, a, a thought, with a direction. But I think we can all come to the table to a place where we're healthy, where we can where we can have reasoning, we can have understanding. Um, and again, I've, I've looked around and I haven't seen much out there that really talks about uh, the gaps, the different people, the different directions and and uh um you know even even you know how do we help each other just just the it, to me that's what i feel like with this this podcast and blog we can just be very 
uh, positive, uplifting, and bridge the gaps and build connections with the people. Because again, with what we're dealing with right now with this COVID-19, let's be honest, Richard, if I'm honest and you're honest, we're fighting a battle. And I think the churches itself and in, 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 in themselves need to come together and be the church today. Because if we're if we're if we're truly the church today, then then we're doing what what God's calling us to do. But at the same point, I think if we're if we're trying to battle each other, uh, so I think it's a it's that safe safe zone, you know, a safe place to have safe, healthy conversation to also reach and to teach and to love. Because Christ is 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 in all of us and all of our denominational differences. Yeah, I think the uh, virus is doing one thing that's healthy for us is bridging the gap of differences. Uh, again, uh, me and Corey here come from different backgrounds. We both kind of started off in the United Methodist Church, uh, the church that we were serving in St. Louis. But over the years, uh, I've served in a variety of different settings. Right now, I'm, I'm an ordained Lutheran pastor serving in the United Methodist Church on loan. Corey is a Wesleyan holiness pastor. Uh, but we can be friends and, and embrace our differences and uh, be able to serve Jesus and try to think how to be creative uh, for the body of Christ during this time of this virus where Churches are shutting down for months at a time. Um, and so we hope to be a resource in the coming months of how to think creatively, regardless of what faith tradition you're in. Well, I mean, Hebrews 13.8 says it. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, yesterday, today, and forever. That's the same scripture you yeah. read. That's the same passage I read. So to me, we come together that that our, our God is, you know, Christ is the same. And so I think, yeah, from our faith backgrounds, like you said, you know, it's it's unique that, you know, how we came together several years ago and we've always talked about wanting to do something. And I don't know if it's just also something to do too now, just to do, but I think it's something where we've always also talked about from knowing each other saying, how can we help each other with our public speaking? How can we help each other with our communication? How can we help each other to be best leaders in the church? How can we help each other out in in doing so, I think is bringing alongside other people along the way with us to help us, to just strengthen us, to say, "Hey, you say things different," or you're again, it's that, that common ground, common ground, and and it's and, and you speak about where you've come from, and if I can say the come from idea, what's also unique, you and I have similar, not in the same similar, it seems like as we've talked, backgrounds about the church. You know, I, I didn't grow up in the church. When I became 16, you know, years of age, a friend of mine kept inviting me to church. And I said, hey, I, I'm not sure about this church. I'm not sure. And at that time, I was a young, young boy. I was very ADD and very just not able to focus. And so I'd always get picked on and made fun of. Well, my friend at the time invited me to that church. It was a, a, a United Methodist Church in Schoolcraft, Michigan. And he invited me. And I'm saying, I don't know if I want to go. I don't know if I want to be a part of this because my school doesn't like me. They pick on me. I'm 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 like the black sheep around people, and it's just you know who I was. And when I walked into the doors of that church, they didn't look at me on the outward outward appearance. They they, they actually took it into my heart and saw what I who I was, and they loved me regardless of my ADDness. And let me be honest, I don't think we term the use the word ADD in a right way. I get that it's a condition. It's a it's a it's a it's a thing. But I think we, we we like to label too much in America. We label. So that ADD, yes, it's there. Yes, that's who I am. I still had that same ADD that I had yesterday and the week before and when I was 16. But they embraced me and they loved me for who I was. And they walked alongside me. Now, granted, I went through times of uh, trials and understanding and, and hurt and pain. But that church was always there for me. So I stepped in the church and stayed in the church. And, and from there, I didn't come into the role of being a lead pastor 
yeah, in 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 sense of I never thought I'd be a lead pastor. With you, you know, I went in and and I went to a, a mission trip where the you know, you know that, that what what took place on the mission trip was uh, it was not even the right thing. I mean, there was alcohol and and, and, and cigarettes and, and and drugs that were there, and, and I I I confronted my leader, my my youth leader. I said, "This is what was going on," and her comment was, "You are the only one that can change that. I can't." And I said, what, you know, so that stirred in my mind and my body and my soul for the longest time, man. And I said, if that's the case, what am I doing? How can I be a catalyst for this change? How can I be that way? And from there on, I mean, I, I left that, ended up leaving that church. And uh, I started attending another church where I ended up starting helping in their youth program, their leaders. So I was there and then I helped interim. So, I mean, from 16 to, you know, I was, it was like right into ministry, you know, it wasn't just 16 and then, you know, you're, you're gradually there. It was like, I got thrown into it. And then, you know, from there I, I, I spent what 12 years in youth ministry, 11 years in youth ministry. Now I think it's something around there and uh, you know, spent in other places, you know, I, I, I spent time in, uh, as you recall, Richard in Highland, Illinois, which is a, a bedroom community in St. Louis, Missouri. You know, I was, I was there. I then, but before there, I was at a small church in, in Three Rivers, Michigan for uh, a year, uh, spent some time in uh, back. I moved back to Michigan because of family situations to help a church plant that I thought it was calling. And and that's another blog story in itself later, you know, that we could, you know, digress and talk about. But I also then moved then to Muskegon, where I was at a very unique dynamic of a church. It was a church that was downtown in a very urban community where they were a regional church in an urban community. But what they didn't know is they didn't know how to reach the urban community, but they were calling themselves an urban church in a regional church. And yet the only inner city cultural kids that had come here was the kids that when we had launched the youth program when I was there, those kids that came. Spent four years there and, and loved it. But you know, due to some things in 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 in, in stirring in my heart, and, and it's not you know, against the denomination, because some people say you were in UMC, you left because of what's been stirring in the in the in the denomination, and that wasn't at all. I, I mean, truthfully, I, I I put everything on the table, saying the Lord is leading my family where, and that's where just over two and a half years ago, uh, God opened the door for me to come and be uh, the pastor at Faith Wesleyan Church in Midland, Michigan. And what's unique about it is God doesn't just place you in those places for purpose and reasons. There's always something in, 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 in why you're there and uh, or what took place. And I got here and I wasn't even ordained at that point in time and I wasn't even licensed. So what they did is they brought me on as a supply pastor under ministerial uh, as a ministerial student. So I spent three months there and I took some courses. I'm currently now licensed as a licensed minister in the in the the are what we call the Great Lakes region of the Wesleyan Church, which is a district or region of the greater uh, Wesleyan Church of, of, um, of the United States. And I'm working towards origin, ordin ordination, you know, but it's a process. And so I never would have thought I'd been here. So in lieu of all that's going on, you know, it's unique too, because Richard and I have been talking about this blog and, and where we've been and what we've gone and what we've done. And now we're saying, hey, let's do something. Let's 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 do it. It's like both of us said, wow, maybe it's this time we're sitting thinking about it. There's this that this pandemic is, is sitting us to say we need to start talking about it. We need to start thinking about it and let's do it versus saying, hey, let's let's get together and start doing ministry in a different way. Because, frankly, I think right now this is where we're going with ministry for a long time for for, for 
foreseeable future in what we're doing. I think it's us connecting in this way, being in media wise. So I didn't see this coming, you know, nor, like I said, we, we weren't prepared for this, but I didn't th think God was calling me to be a lead pastor. And here I am two and a half years into it. And I learned by trial, by fire, I learned by get right into this, you know, um, but I've met a lot of people. And that's why I think that again, with this blog, there's people that can give us resources and help us. And that's part of why I, I, I am, where I'm at today and what I'm doing and, and what I see taking place in, in the life of what's gone through for me. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's a little bit what I think, you know, about me and uh, what's being done. I, you know, so I don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, what, what you're feeling or how, how your, 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 uh, your walk with the, with where you've been Richard. I don't know what it, you know, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, uh, I kind of grew up in the church. Uh, my folks didn't really bring me to church. So we had some family dynamics, but the church raised me. Uh, it was Luling United Methodist Church. It's a little church of maybe 40, 50 people when I first started attending. And every week, one of the, the ladies from the church would pick me up, bring me to service, bring me to Sunday school. So it was through that that I got my call into ministry really young at about 16. Um, and I remember there, I was first starting to date my wife, 15, 16 years old. And uh, she cried and, and was going to break up with me because she couldn't marry a pastor because uh, she was a practicing Roman Catholic and that just wouldn't work. Uh, but here we are, um, you know, eight, nine years later, uh, and we're still together. We're married. We got two kids, four-year-old and a little baby girl, Anna. So my calling in the ministry really has just been a long, long-term life calling from God and the Holy Spirit. My mother tells me she remembers me uh, as a young kid telling her I was going to be a pastor out in the country. And that's before I could remember that. So uh, then when I, I finally graduated high school, I went off to the Baptist seminary in New Orleans and started my training in Bible college and did an AA in Christian ministry there. And then went to a Church of Christ school, got a BA in Christian ministry, and then continued the process, got an MDiv from United Methodist School, and now I'm at ILT in their doctorate program, uh, looking at evangelism and apologetics. And so just, I love education, I love learning, uh, and I love pastoring. So I am a pastor in the country, finally. Uh, before I got here, my, my first league pastorate uh, was a church in South Florida in the city uh, in Lake Worth. And uh, we did a revitalization there and replanted as a campus church of another large Lutheran church, LCMC. And uh, since being, being there now, like I said, I'm in the North American Lutheran Church and rostered with them. Really excited about that and just excited to see what God's going to do and how God's going to use this ministry, I, I think. I think Corey is right. Uh, moving forward in 2020, it's pretty exciting through this virus to witness the church take over the internet uh, and how pastors and congregations are utilizing technology where before we were 50, 60 years behind in many locations and kind of overnight this is happening. And so I also want to be a resource to people for technology, especially our older pastors and older congregations that don't really, don't really understand how it all works. But we have a responsibility as the millennial uh, clergy to, to step in uh, during this epidemic. And uh, we have the knowledge and the headset to do so. So I'm hoping maybe in this blog too, we'll talk a little bit about some of those resources that we can provide for the older generations. Yeah. You bring up a, a unique point there too, about the resources. You know, 
I'm in a, a, a rural church, but we're really seven miles from city, you know, Midland. And we're not far from Mount Pleasant, you know, where Central Michigan University is at. You know, we're, 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 we're not far from Saginaw. We're, you know, these bigger communities around us. But yeah, even our small church right now, there's certain things that we don't have that, you know, like, like for instance, this Sunday, you know, with, with what's going on, we've decided to follow CDC's, you know, requirements and regarding to what to do and eliminating our, our, our exposure. Well, we didn't have a C, uh, a video license to stream our services online. We didn't have stuff listed. Currently how I'm, I'm, I'm sending my, my, my live feed for Sunday morning is through a iPad. Now, granted, I'd love something different, but because where I'm at, we didn't have, and we don't have, wasn't right in front of us, that resource of a camera. And so like what we're using, we're utilizing the iPad to try to keep it, you know, at least in the face of people, church, you know, big life church, they've got a church online platform that's pretty in-depth and it's free. It's, it's a free resource that they're giving. I mean, you know, you look at churches like that, they give us free resources in those contexts. So if we can point ways to bring, you know, the understanding of free resources, but with us at a church, we didn't have those. And, and so young as me being a younger clergy pastor who knows a little more of the techie side of those things, I was able to bring us into the, I mean, one way we have pro presenter when I got here, they were PowerPoint and they were, they were, they were using uh, tracks and trying to, you know, put the songs to the tracks. And it was just, it was clunky, you know? So some of our churches are just doing things clunky because they don't have a true understanding of how to understand how to do it. And it's not like it's, we're doing it to, you know, get it out there in, in a way of, of we, we're pushing our way, like our millennial and our youngers want, we want live stream. We want that. No, we want to reach all people. And so right now it almost is forcing our churches. So, but, enforcing that we also have to remember the shut-ins in the in the, the, the those in the nursing homes and so you know some shut-ins in nursing homes especially in the rural community i don't know how it is out in chiefland there how rural it can be there but you know for us in midland out where we're at in our our, our township not many have high speed internet uh, and not many have you know the the resources so when we're not live in person they're not they're not getting the church service so what can we do to reach those two so there's there's different ways that that's why i think that within this concept of moving forward of, you know, again, the future plans of what we're looking at doing or what I feel we're looking at is, is building a database, building a connection, building an opportunity for us to bridge the gap. And so we can share the resources and we can partner with others because, because in today's society too, I, honestly, you know, Richard and I might disagree on some theological bent, like I've, we've said before. Absolutely. But we're, <laughs> church, but we're the church. We are the church and we are the people. And I would think Richard agree. When we die, truthfully, when we die, when I go to heaven, is there Baptist? Is there Presbyterian? Is there Lutheran? Is there Wesleyan? Is there Free Methodist? Is there, is there, or are we all going to heaven together? Sounds like something I preached last Sunday in my congregation. Absolutely. And that's like this Sunday, we're talking about, you know, the, the, the topic of our, our, our father, our heavenly father, Jesus. I mean, we you know we serve an unchanged God in these times that we're in. So I think when we're looking at the, you know, the, the things and part of it too, is looking at the personal struggles. You know, I think, I think that's another aspect of part of these things is, you know, we look at, we're talking about the technology, you know, there's personal struggles that we may not understand the technology. We may not understand to reach it to our, our community. How do we, you know, it's, it's, it can be communication. It can be emails. It can be even, you know, just understanding 
the Lutheran understanding of why they do what they do. The, the Baptists, the Presbyterians, the Wesleyans, the Nazarenes, the Free Methodists, the, the Episcopalians. You know, we want to be able to come and just have common back to, because we're going to all struggle. I mean, no matter what, in our context, we're all struggling with what it is and what it isn't. And we have to come together and say, how can we work together and how can we deal with these things in an unselfish way, but in a way that we can reach the people? Yes, yeah, so our, our generation uh, inherited a different church than our baby boomer generation before us. We inherited a church that's in decline, that is in financial decline, spiritual decline. Uh, many of us uh, had to pay thousands of dollars to attend seminary. Uh, and we're, we're struggling with that. We're struggling just to be able to be in ministry and support our families. Well, not just, not just, not just, not just seminary, man. I'm, I'm, I got, I got a bunch of undergrad debt. You know, I mean, my mother's a civil engineer. You know, so, so when I wanted to go to Bible college, what did I have? I already had a, I already had a, had a, a black mark down in my paper saying, nope, he can't get these loans. He can't get this, this grants because my mom and dad, and my 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 family, my parents, and and all, they make too much money. So, like, I, I don't want to get into political, and I don't want to debate on that. But I think that that's something hard too. Is we were never taught that. It was like, get the money, get the school, get the money. You know, I got a four year old. You know, Richard's got a. You know, a, a, he's four too, right? Yep. Richard, you, got, four years you got a what? A, a how, how how many weeks? Oh, four. I have four months old. Man, it seems like yesterday. You, you know, you called me saying you had a head head or. Your little, little little girl, she's cutie. But um, I want to instill my, on my little boy and start now saving, you know, I'm saving a little bit for him so that he has something in his future. So he has a preparation. We're teaching him now. It's like even Sunday mornings, offerings on Sunday, my son is putting the offering into the offering plate. So again, struggles, we're trying, you know, that's, you know, how do we overcome struggles? That's the, that's the thing where I think coming together in this idea of understanding what this group is about what this conversation is, what we're coming to the table about, I think is key. But to understand that we have to know that we have to hear and listen, have 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 ears to hear and eyes to see and our hearts to, to beat. Because we are some are some are say, saying we, we may be in, you know, that end times. We may be we may be we're we're, we're what are we doing? I can tell you right now what I feel is a personal struggle. You know, if we're, we're coming to you guys as as as, as two two uh, um, young clergy pastors. I mean, I am thirty three, and Richard, you're twenty eight. Twenty eight. Now, Richard's been a a, a lead pastor uh, in in a church for uh, how many years now? Let's see. Um, we're looking on here three three and a half years. So he's been three and a half years as a lead pastor. So you 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 put his age there. Uh, when he started is leading it, you know, 20, just over 25, it just turned 25. Yes. Yeah. I just, I turned 30, you know, when I, when I went, I, when I had stepped in the role here. So we're still young compared to, I mean, in our, in the background of the United Methodist church, it seems like a lot of our clergy are, are, you know, not in that 25 to 30 range. I mean, they're going to school to, to, you know, but not leading. They may be associates or, or, you know, uh, youth or children they're going through a process you know in the background that i'm used to um versus now it's like wow i think maybe in my my region right now i'm probably the youngest clergy in my region uh as a lead pastor now we we got to help change that culture and the nominations 
Uh, us young bucks do have uh, skills and talents that the Holy Spirit's given us to lead congregations. So how do we get those out of there? How do we get those within denominations uh, that will value us as pastors and not always send us to the worst appointments or worst calls, but actually find places that the Holy Spirit's calling us to? And so I, I hope we can help navigate some of those waters with you. Well, I think we're, are we getting close to our, our time here, Corey? I, th- I think, I think we, uh, we, we've, we've touched on a little bit of what's going on and what we're, what we're thinking of, but it's, it's a main thing. We want to be a, a place where we can connect family struggles, vocations. We want to, you know, we want to, we want to learn together, you know, you know, it's like a, a rope, a strand, you know, when, when, when this, when the rope is tighter together, when you, when you're stranded together and you cut that rope, you know, and you cut the rope in half, your, that rope is still pretty strong and still going to hold you. But when that rope cuts all together, it's going to fall to pieces. And uh, so again, we, we're uh, we're hoping that as we as we move forward, that uh, we'll we will uh, start to move into having not just these podcasts, but they'll become vlogging. We'll be able to put these onto our YouTube channel, and then not only YouTube YouTube channel, but we'll also have these aired on uh, iTunes, Spotify, Anchor. What is it? Uh, Google Play. We we want to we want to get these out there for people to say, hey, I want to be a part. You know, I want to I want to discuss what we're dealing with. So again, we're, we we want to learn. I think the main things we want to learn, because I think Richard and I want to become the best pastors and leaders that God has called us and equipped us to be. And I think that's where we are. If we can come together and walk together in this process, this is what we'll, it'll be. I think that's what it is. And I think, yeah, you're correct. I think we've we've hit the time. And and uh, um, so, yeah, please, please like us, follow us, subscribe to us. We would we would love to build connection. We have, a, like he said, there's a Facebook group that's uh, it's closed for the millennial millennials. And then there's a page that we're working on that will be more for all that are a part of the community of believers to come in and be able to look at. And we have a website being in the works is a, a millennial clergy connection. Is it dot org, Richard? Dot org. Dot org. Uh, if you're trying to connect with us, you have questions or, or hey, we, we, we're looking to to put people in, into the positions of wanting to come alongside and, and be guests with us. Uh, or it may be an, a, a time where Richard is out be in to, to lead that discussion. You know, I'm there or, I, or I'm out and Richard and somebody else, you know, is there or it's, it's Richard and I facilitating uh, a conversation with a another brother, sister in Christ, or, you know, a non-believer, uh, you know, we might, we might carry on those conversations. It's just a matter of building the content of what it is. And so we'll have those information. So we have also a email. If you have, if you want to be a part of the blogs or you want to questions, it's info at millennialclergyconnection.org. Again, that's info at millennialclergyconnection.org. And, and, and we're, we're working at getting content built up on there. So bear with us as we're, as we're starting this out. And uh, we thank you for uh, streaming in and checking us out. And uh, again, we Right. We're praying for for all you uh, as you're trying something new of live feeding or or premiering or YouTube or whatever content you're putting out there for your sermons on Sunday morning. And we're praying for you and your congregations because we're knowing a time where we pastors are are dealing with, you know, things that no pastors, like I said, dealt for before. So we thank you for tuning in and we hope we can connect with you guys soon. God bless each of you. Goodbye.